0: Welcome to It's a Good Life, the podcast for entrepreneurs, where it's all about growing yourself and your business. Before we begin, I want to remind you about our ad free option. Go to It's a Good Life on the Apple Podcast app. You'll see a banner under the logo to remove ads and unlock early access to episodes. It's just five bucks a month, and there's even a free trial. Either way, continue listening to It's a Good Life, and here's our man,
1: Brian Buffini. Top of the morning tea, and welcome to It's a Good Life. And we're going to get right into it today. We are going to be talking about communication. The great Irish uh, playwright and author, uh, George Bernard Shaw, said, The greatest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. And so today we're bringing back our real strengths expert, Rachel Yeaman, to talk about how most people communicate, the best ways to communicate, and how you can use your natural communication style to communicate at a very, very high level. Rachel, we have you in studio. You're back in from Texas, back in your hometown of San Diego. It's great to have you in here. Welcome back home.
2: Thank you for having me back, and it is good to be in San Diego.
1: (laughs) It is. It's not bad. Um, So let's just talk about it. Uh, Communication. We all got to do it every single day. And just, you know, as as I go through this, you know, it's really such a key ingredient to success. Why do so many of us struggle with communication?
2: I mean, I think you just nailed it. You can't avoid it. It's at the heart of everything that we do, and it is hard. Mm. It is, you know, we'll we'll get into the data here, but, you know, people are criticized nine times more for under-communicating than over-communicating. When they under-communicate, they're seen as aloof or uncaring or disinterested, and that's usually not the truth. In addition to that, it takes five to 12 times for people to actually hear the heart of what the other person is trying to say to them. And so when you think of that and then you layer on that 55% of all communication is nonverbal, it's actually not even the words that are coming out of your mouth. Tell me how to get that right on right. a consistent basis. It, almost it sounds seems impossible. almost impossible. Yeah, yes. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: That's crazy. And
2: it's exactly why it's one of the elements that, you know, we assess in real strengths because it's hard and we have to do it every day yeah. to be in a relational system in our home, in our workplace, in, you know, church, communities, groups, organizations. So I can
1: I can get it wrong verbally. Yeah. I can get it wrong physically. Yeah. And I can get it wrong by not doing it.
2: That's exactly right.
1: Other than that how is You're the winning, play? Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Mrs. Lincoln. So it is and it's it's challenging and um You know, we had a little phrase in in the company for years, you said, but I heard. And so there's not just what's communicated, there's what's received. It's very complex. And if you think about it, you know, we know what the divorce rates are. We know what the conflicts are. We know what Thanksgiving dinners can look like. We know the state of our world today, divided and everybody screaming at one another and gaslighting and headlines and all those kinds of stuff. So I believe most people... First of all, I believe most people want to be understood. I think that's the first. I think the second thing is people do want to understand others, especially those close to them. But what happens when we communicate poorly or fail to communicate at all?
2: Well, disconnection. And unfortunately, most of the time damaged relationships will also then be a result. And and you're really going down the path here where When we're not aware of, of who we are, what our communication strengths are and how to actually use those every day in communication with these relational systems at home or at work, we're certainly not able to understand where another person is coming from and what their strengths are. You know, our perspective can get so small and so limited. And if our main goal is just to be understood, we're going to just keep pushing and pushing and pushing as opposed to just asking a question.
1: Let me say it again. Let me say it louder. Let me repeat it more often. You know, Real Strengths has been a, a game changer for me the past several decades. And it's still a work in progress because first I became aware of how I naturally communicate. Then, of course, you find out in life, You like say with my bride, you know, opposites attract. Lou Holtz used to say opposites attract and then attack, right? So, okay, sure enough, she has the complete opposite communication style to me. And then I have children. And I have children, and most of my children have a completely different communication style than I do. And you look at, you know, just starting there, how you can damage or miscommunicate or cause frustration, pain, anger, all those kinds of things. And then take it into the work environment. And, you know, I have 250 employees at Buffini Company and learning how I communicate, how they receive communication, how they communicate, and then our customers again. And then from stage, this has helped me because I've been able to attract an awful lot of people who communicate very differently than I do because I've learned how to manage my communication, master my communication, and then also get everybody on board. Uh, so I know I'm speaking to this group, I'm speaking to this group, and I can identify people's needs that way. So as we talk about these things, let's get to the the happy side of it. What, what does great communication actually look like?
2: Well, kind of the opposite of of poor communication. I mean, connection, actual, you know, healthy relationship with people where there can be healthy conflict. You know, a conflict is one of the things that it can't be avoided. If you're going to be in a relational system, we don't think the same way We're, we don't experience life the same way, but there are healthy ways to disagree with people in a respectful way that honors who the people are that you're talking to. Um, or there are really destructive ways. And so being able to be authentic, really be who you are, connect deeply with the people that you're in communication with and resolve elements in a in a healthy way, I think that to me is, then when you know people are leading with their strengths.
1: Yeah. And again, it's pretty obvious to see where it goes wrong, right? It's pretty obvious. You can see when people's facial expressions change. You can see where people get flared, right? People get triggered. People get angry. People get short. People get defensive. You know, none of that is living the good life, right? I mean, at the end of the day, none of that's living a good life. And I know so many people that, in the current environment, post-COVID, have retreated. And because, you know, let's be honest, relationships are hard. And business relationships are hard. And they've retreated. On on one hand, I've seen people become more isolated personally. And I've seen people also in the service industries kind of delegate their lead generation and so on and so forth to technology. And the reason being is they just don't have time for the people. And what they really don't have time for is how hard it can be to communicate or to go through that. So let's let's just talk about it. You know, you've mentioned this and you've shared this with me before. Authenticity and connection. You mentioned it here a minute ago as the base for good communication. How do we build authenticity? How do we build connection as we're trying to communicate?
2: Well, there's a certain level of vulnerability, right? And, you know, it's interesting to go back to what you just said. I think people are starting to make their worlds really small because out of fear, you know, I think in the service industry, in our home lives, it's very easy to blame and I'll let that emotional reactivity just put, start pointing fingers at other people that they're the problem or the customer is, you know, being absurd in their request. The truth of the matter is when you're in a relationship with someone, that means you're vulnerable to rejection or you're vulnerable to the perception and the threat of potential rejection. And but it's the only way. Like the only way to have deep connection is to actually show someone who you are, which means you need to open yourself up. Now, I'm not saying do that in the deepest way with every single person you meet. Be mindful of the relationships and who deserves what degree of you. But but there's no way to sidestep that. You have to be able to show them in order to connect. Our connection with others is only as strong and as deep as our connection with ourselves and the strengths that we have.
1: All right. So let's get down into the practical. Let's talk about maybe some examples of this, right? So, you know, from the profiling standpoint, you've helped thousands of people. You've helped our staff. You've helped our clients with their customers. Let's talk about some typical miscommunications and how we go about it and how we can ultimately get into where we're going to go, which is where the real strengths lie.
2: I'm laughing because the the first thought comes even this weekend with my husband. I mean, I, we've been doing this work for years yeah. together, right? And You know, we've learned over the years, he's pragmatic, I'm aesthetic, we'll dig into the differences of that. But the bottom line is we communicate differently with each other. And he's very bottom line, wants to solve all the problems. And sometimes I'm just looking for connection. And so I want to sit and talk and he's just problem solving, problem solving, problem solving. And it doesn't help. And so he's learned over time to just say, tell me what you need at the beginning of the conversation. Is this one of those moments where... You just need to be able to have a safe place, safe place to be able to vent? Or do you need my help on something? And when I'm able to say that up front, yeah. he knows. He knows right. exactly what's expected and required, That's what, what he needs to do, what he doesn't need to do. I
1: mean, it took 12 years for my wife to finally say, I don't need you to solve this. Right? And it's like, well, you know, because why? So this is one of the reasons why I think communication is so important. Here's two couples that love each other, that are trying to serve one another. but are communicating not in the way that the other person needs. So it goes from love to something other than that. Frustration, you know, resentment. Why can't you just, I'm, I'm not looking for a quick solution. here. I just want to be heard. I, I want to talk it out. I want to, and so.
2: Because if you're not aware, it leads to that disconnection then. If you don't know how to serve the other person or what their needs are.
1: Well, there's the rejection. Hang on a second here. I'm sitting down, I've had a long day at work. And now, you know, you, I'm sitting here listening to your problem. I'm trying to help you. And now you're upset with me. What do you want from me? Exactly. Right. So now I can't help you. Now I can't say you're. you're there's no pleasing you. And now we're on the crazy cycle. Now we're on a crazy cycle. As opposed to something as simple as what you just said, where you, okay, I become aware of the communication style and a little bit of, hey, can you let me know up front? You know, and, and as a pragmatist, I'm sitting here going, man, that's awesome. That's a like, gift. Oh, what would you like to see happen with this conversation? Well, I just want to talk something out. Fantastic. I can listen out. And so brilliant, brilliant stuff there. Let's dive right in, because we talked about this the last time we met, the whole pragmatic aesthetic piece. And why don't we get to kind of dive in why we've kind of gone down this road of these two dominant styles of communication and and what it actually means to people. So let's put a little flesh on the bones for folks and let them kind of self-analyze right now uh, a little bit, okay?
2: So we've got two different sides of the spectrum on one side we've got the aesthetics we've got the on the other side we've got pragmatics so the split is about 55 percent of the population or more on the aesthetic side 45 pragmatic so decently even split now aesthetic people their motivation is for connection and the experience that is being created in the relational system in the communication they focus on how something is said Before they hear what is actually being said, they pay attention to all the nonverbals like we were talking about. Any things that are not being said, body language, sighs that happen. And sometimes they can actually own the body language, Mm -hmm. own the sigh, own the tone of voice when it might not be theirs to own at all. Then we've got pragmatics. Yours, you know, you on the other side, right? And so little different, right? They very much focus on the what first before they focus on how something is being said. They are direct. They are bottom line. They like to know, you know, where they stand. They like to know where they stand. They want you just to say right up front, what do you need from me? You know, And, and so they treat fact, though, sometimes as the whole and complete truth. Right when sometimes it might just be a small piece of a much larger.
1: So we have a little bit of Dr. Spock, if you will. And the other, I would say, is a little bit of Sally Field. Yeah, maybe, yes. Remember Uh when Sally Field, she won the Oscar. And she got the Oscar, and she's standing in front of everybody, and she holds up the trophy, and she goes, they like me. They really, really like me, right? That was what, not, you know, I want to thank the, the Oscars and the Academy. I've often said, good morning is the classic text, right? So a pragmatist says, good morning, which means, hello, it's early part of the day. How you doing? And I've had many aesthetic people in my life go, what do you mean by that? Or are you okay? Because they hear, good morning, good morning, good morning. You know, it's like the guy that says, oh, this is a fine country. This is a fine country. Like one is a complaint and one's a statement. So there's a little perhaps more EQ. Uh, available. There's a little more sensitivity available. There can be more opportunity for miscommunication. So talk around this whole dynamic between pragmatic aesthetic and the interplay between the both of them.
2: Yeah. You know, I I think the thing to pay attention to with anybody's communication style is that we're meaning making individuals. So we're going to make up in our head what we don't know, as opposed to just asking, which I would recommend is like a hot tip here is just just ask if you don't know. Don't make something up in your head. Um, so if you, if I'm aesthetic and I'm communicating with you and you're pragmatic, be clear. Be upfront with what you need, what you don't need. That gift in our marriage for me to say, hey, right now, honey, I just need a vent and I just need a safe place to be able to talk to somebody. Or other times it's like, hey, I'm struggling with something. I actually might need your perspective at the end of this. Like, can you hear me out? And then at the end, let's get into the problem solving. Just giving them that right up front and making sure that there's some action and some results. Like they need to know what the outcome is. They're very much outcome and results driven.
1: So someone's sitting here listening to this. They're self analyzing first. First thing you do when you hear this kind of information is, oh, that sounds like me. I might be pragmatic. That sounds like me. I might be aesthetic. And then then they start thinking about their loved ones and what they might be. And, and what are some of the other cues that we could give somebody to read somebody to say that person might be aesthetic, that person might be pragmatic?
2: Oh, that's so good. There are things that you, aesthetics tend to be a little more verbose. Um, aesthetics use the words, I am feeling, or ask other people, how are you feeling? Whereas a pragmatics like, I don't know how I'm feeling. like, But if you ask them what they're thinking yeah. right now, you'll be able to get like a far greater response from right. them. Um, And so, yeah, I think some questions, you know, asking people how they're motivated, how they're responded, just paying attention to the words that they right. use, feelings, you know, if, if if you notice that they're starting to pay attention to the nonverbals, right. if you notice that they're sensitive to the environment and like the space that's happening and right. the energy, they're probably more on the aesthetic side. Right. If they're quick, you know, stoic factual, wanting to get the results, like always wanting the bottom line, probably more on the pragmatic side of things.
1: Now we can get a little more complicated with this, but before we move on, you know, we have a number of cool pieces, whether how somebody communicates their, what we call their selling style, which comes out of the communication, their serving style. We talk about that and you and the team have done a brilliant job building these real strengths assessments. So for those of you who are listening in today, if you go to itsagoodlife.com, Rachel and her team have put together a free, Real Strengths Assessment, on the bottom of the page. And you can go in there and you can find out not only your communication style, but your selling style, your serving style. And, and Rachel, it's fantastic. And I know you guys have put in a couple of years' work to take what's really been the secret sauce of our coaching. And that's really where all this comes from. You know, we we have produced the highest level of success rate for any coaching company in the world. We get We have the highest retention rates. We have the highest success rates. And one of the reasons is we help people not only follow a great, system for doing business, but we have them do it their way, the way they're wired, right? To get more out of themselves. So as we go through this, I, here's a wrinkle I probably shouldn't be allowed to bring up, but people will say to me sometimes, okay, I check the box on aesthetic, but I kind of communicate pragmatically, or I, I kind of check the box pragmatically, but I also seem to feel like I I hear the context as well. So I know that's kind of next level, even beyond the Real Strengths assessment." more into the profiles we do and the coaching we do. But can you talk about that for a second? I mean, obviously it's in your wheelhouse, but what if somebody's thinking, hang on, that's kind of me, but I also feel like I can do the other stuff as well.
2: Well, I hope that's true. I mean, I don't think any of us are are that black and white or cut and dry. You know, so everybody exists on the spectrum. Not right. everyone is 100% pragmatic, 0% aesthetic or vice versa. Right. But then layering on the complication, there are different attributes that we all have. Yeah.
1: So I, I'll speak up for the pragmatics here, right? So I'm a hardcore pragmatic. I'm a bottom line guy and so on and so forth. But I've also got kind of the big heart and I'm motivated by a lot of things beyond money and influence and success and things like that. But when when people find this out, they're like, that you're only this. So they communicate, right? Because labels exist. And so like, oh, no, I'm interested in kind of the heartfelt story. I, I'm able to communicate with someone to make them feel better and, and want them to care for them. So I think often, and then sometimes um, an aesthetic person go, you know, I also have a brain. You know, I, I, I might lead with my heart, but I'm also capable of logic and reason and thinking. So the the pragmatic thinks the aesthetic is just one big ball of mush, soft emotions, and the aesthetic thinks the pragmatic is, you know... Spock and beyond, Uh, you know,
2: right. I mean, you're pragmatic, but you've got a relational edge to your ability, which is going to soften you. I'm aesthetic, but I'm also a conqueror, which is like, In my, you know, negative defensive state, like win at all costs, like make it happen, like tenacious, like anybody's in my way, I'm going to plow through, which is
1: tough to make it as a Cowboys fan, Uh, right? I mean, right now
2: you had to ask me this week, didn't you? (laughs) Yes. You know, I had a client years ago who was a brand new agent when she started in, in coaching. Um, she decided the first year in to start her team and she said, you know, this, this real strengths thing everyone in my office that I'm going to hire onto my team absolutely must have real strengths. And she said to me, it's like a shared strengths-based language because we have that. We are all free to be exactly who we were designed to be. And we all lead with each other's strengths, very similar to how we do it at Buffini and company with everyone's profiles up here. Well, you know, here we are. That was in 2014. She started as a new agent 2015. She started her own team. She's closing out this year with $117 million after doing 10 transactions her first year with us. And so she credits the fact that she was able to not only know what her, the team strengths are, yeah. but know how to get them working in collaboration with each other. Yeah. And think about the amount of families then they've been able to serve and help just this year alone, let alone over the last, you know, five, seven years right. together.
1: So you first become aware of your own communication style, then you're able to connect with other people. So people who are aesthetic will come into my office and give me very pragmatic presentations, and I will sit in with aesthetic people and because I'm aware of their attributes, and I will kind of cool the jets, set the expectations, hey, you know, what do you hope to get from this, and, and sit and listen to the whole experience. So it does allow you to do these things. So imagine you could do this in your business. Imagine you do this with your family. Imagine you can do this with your customers. And you realize that a customer, like I've seen this, I've seen the the salesperson goes in, makes a presentation to a couple, he's pragmatic, she's aesthetic, and they do the presentation and it's all bottom line, and I'm going to help you make this amount of money and do this and do that, and walks away, nailed it! Because he's getting all this feedback from the pragmatic husband, but the aesthetic wife goes, I never felt heard. And they're dead. He's he's going out the door, high five, and honey, you know, buy the new car. I just nailed it. And it doesn't even know the loss of sale because she doesn't feel hurt. So this stuff is big time. It shows up in pocketbooks. It shows up in life, in homes, in kitchens and bedrooms. It shows up in with children. You know, I have six kids and I parent them all differently. I parent them the way they're wired. And I know we can dig more and more into this stuff as you go through this. Talk to me about this as a pragmatic. How can I communicate better? Right. We want to be on the solution side. How can I?
2: If you're communicating better. with somebody that's aesthetic?
1: Either way, just how can I communicate better all the way around?
2: I think just be mindful that y- who you are is not how the entire world is, is programmed. In. And by the way, I think outside of aesthetic and pragmatic, like we could all take a rule, you know, or like take a note from that rule book, never assume that who we are is how anybody else is wired. So pay attention, ask questions, like see what the other person that you're communicating with or in a relational system, see what they need and see what you might be able to do to adjust your style to serve them better and really lead with how they can feel heard or they can get their needs met as opposed to leading with, gosh, how can I, you know, out of my own fear, out of my own insecurity, how can I get my need met? How can I make myself feel better? How can I get that dopamine hit to my head, you know, so that I can just take a breath? Well, just take a breath, ask them what they need and communicate. And so I would say, know that not everyone is hired or is wired like you. Um, soften the the edges a little bit of the clear and direct and know that other people might be wired for the results, might be wired for the the true content that you have, but others also might be wired for the connection, might be wired for an experience.
1: So as an immigrant salesman, I figured out some of these things without knowing their names long before real strengths appeared in my life. Because I was like, man, I I, I got to get going. I want to be successful. I could see, I could see in people's eyes when I disconnected. And I wasn't willing to have that happen. And so I learned. And so I used to say to people, I mean, imagine me as a 22-year-old real estate agent sitting in people's homes going, tell me what your biggest fear or concern is about the coming transaction. Not knowing that the fear and the concern was the aesthetic, pragmatic, the emotion and the logic. And and people would tell me. I'd ask them to explain to me, had they ever had an experience, And in that case, I was in real estate. I go, have you ever had a, an experience with a real estate agent before? And what was good about it, and what wasn't so good about it, and in that they would tell me how they wanted to be served, but they could tell me by what they didn't want. And so sometimes when people communicate what they don't want, they're actually communicating their communication style more than anything else, or how their needs are. And someone so, "Well, you know, I didn't feel heard. He rushed me." Oh, okay, good to know. Uh, you know, or another, I had another person one time who's wholly pragmatic. So while well, we had a salesperson in here. Before you had a brochure that was a a binder and I had to listen to 30 minutes of their life story. I just don't want that. Okay, great. And I know, great. Take the binder and throw up my briefcase. (laughs) Let's get to the bottom line. So people, right? People will tell you. And that's why you said, if you ask a question, they can tell you, but you got to take that interest. I think it's just important to know we, we all go through life and we have a certain set of lenses. And in the world we live in today, it's you only hang out with those that have the same lens as you. Here's the thing. You just cut your market in half. You cut your relationships in half. You cut your opportunities in half. And then inside those, you're going to tick a bunch of those people off because they communicate and think differently. So how can an aesthetic communicate better? I
2: mean, you know, be really clear on what the actual outcome is. What, who are you talking to? What is the outcome? I think that so often we misunderstand, you know, my, my husband and I will be sitting down at at the couch and I'm here all about the connection wanting to have conversation. And he's, you know, on his phone, he's like, no, no, I'm listening to you. I'm tracking everything there. I'm like, okay, let me be clear. What can I say to them, honey? Just look me in the eyes. I'm looking for connection. I'm not really looking to just spit words back yeah, and forth. Yeah. Oh, no problem. Throws the phone down, turns around, grabs my hand. Yeah. But I could so easily yeah. not say that and make up a story in my head and start to get ticked off that he's answering work email to provide for our family, yeah. like to like, but yet still sitting there listening. Right.
1: Doesn't so value me? Does he not love make me? Make up all
2: sorts right. of like untrue narratives as opposed yeah. to just owning it owning that this is my thing, but I have to speak up Mm -hmm. for what I need. Mm -hmm. I can't get bitter and resentful Mm -hmm. and in my head and have all this stuff happening in between my two ears without being willing to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. It goes back to that vulnerability and actually share what I truly need because he could reject me when I say that. Yeah. He could miss it or miss it. Yeah. But in, but more often than not, they're going to stop once they really know what's needed and, and deliver that.
1: Well, look, we can do this all day and all night. We've been coaching people in this stuff for decades. You've been with me decades, although that's hard to believe. So a couple of things. First of all, again, go to itsagoodlife.com. Go check out those real strengths assessment. It's it's pretty awesome. I mean, it's you guys got to be tickled.
2: We're so, yeah, I'm super proud. And I think the thing that is really valuable is that we tell you who you are. But then we also tell you who your opposite is. Yeah. We give a role play video on how miss mm. these simple misses of communication can happen so easily. Yeah. But then it's just a one or a two degree turn. It's not this huge 180. I have to be a different person to communicate. Yeah. It's just a subtle nuanced okay. shift that will change the entire outcome of the interaction. And so we do these role play videos. So Dig into the content, like find out who you are, but dig into the content because that's where the magic, that's where you're going to save relationships. That's where you're going to save deals. That's where you're going to save hard parenting moments with
1: your kids. Mm. Powerful stuff. And also we're going to continue to reach out to you guys. I I mean, I could do this stuff with Rachel all all the time. I'd love to hear your questions for Rachel. We're going to continue to have Rachel back as a guest. Um, And so the more you want to hear, the more questions you have, maybe we'll do some live Q and A at some point in time with Rachel. That'd be fun. they yeah. they'd really get to see you go to work then. Just as we finish up here, because I'm all about you know application. What would be some of your just top tips for great communication? If you just kind of rattle off a few tips, somebody's listening to this. Great, this was cool. I heard some things. This may sounds like me. This sounds like them. I'm going to get my assessment. I'm going to get my family member again assessment. Great, it's free. All that's good. What would be just some cool tips that you've. Observe that can kind of take some of the sharp edges off people's communication.
2: Be aware of uh, that. Not everybody is wired the exact same way. Ask questions to determine how they are wired and then adjust your style accordingly. And so again, with people that are, that are wired similarly, you're going to be in flow. You're going to feel that way. You're going to throw the briefcase back down because you can just get down to brass Mm -hmm. tacks, but also don't put all the weight on your shoulders to have to figure everything out. Mm -hmm. Like relationships are a two way street. You don't need to have every problem solved in our heads before we open our mouths to actually speak. Allow it to be a reciprocal dynamic. I had a client who took a bucket list trip to Europe because he had his best year ever. Assistant closes four transactions for him while he's gone, makes him $172,000, and he comes home and he just slides into her paycheck like a a bonus for her. And she offers him a simple thank you. And so I said to him in coaching, I'm like, well, did you ask her, you know, how she'd love to be rewarded for for doing such an amazing job and giving you this gift of enjoying and she said she wanted a spa gift card, and so he gave her a spa gift card, and he, she wouldn't stop thanking him left, right, and center. Yeah. Ask what the other people right. need. You don't have to figure it out all on your right.
1: own. Right? You can spend a lot of money doing You can that. spend a lot uh, of well, money being I, wrong. Where were you when I was dating my wife? Because I was spending dough left, right, and center, and I didn't realize when I wrote kind words on a note, it meant more than all the limos I'd rented in the fancy restaurants. Could have saved myself a boatload of dough. Yeah,
2: I have the, the very first personal note my husband ever wrote to me. He's like, I don't even,
1: you know. See? Yeah. For pragmatics out there, it can be a lot cheaper to just use the nice words.
2: If that, if you take nothing more than that <laughs> from this podcast.
1: Well, there's a lot to take from this. and And we're going to do more of this. And we're going to have you back again. We're going to talk about these other real strengths we have. We want to keep it short and sweet. I thank you for this. It's great stuff. And I hope you listen to this episode multiple times. I hope you get yourself a real strengths assessment. Tell your family members to take it. It's free. Go check it out. It's a fantastic thing. And uh, good luck with your communication. You know, be aware. Ask good questions. If you're pragmatic, be a little mindful. If you're aesthetic, be a little clear. And uh, the world will be a better place. Your business will be a little better place. Your family and your kids will be in a little better place. And we thank you for helping folks do that today, Rachel Yeaman. Thank you. Great. Well, with this uh, episode today, we're very thankful. I'm going to throw it over to my aesthetic producer, Mr. David Lally.
0: Oh, Brian, what can I say? Your words mean so much. (laughs) (laughs) Great content, guys. Uh, Years ago, Rachel and I used to work together in the real strength department, so I'm I'm thrilled to be working with Rachel again. If you guys want to learn more about your strengths, head over to itsagoodlife.com and get a free real strengths assessment today. And until next time... I'll leave you with Brian's mum for an Irish blessing.
2: May the road rise up to meet you and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.